0: What's going on good people? It's your host, the one and only John of the Giant, welcoming you to the Giant Fundamentals Podcast, where we bridge the gap between sports, mental health, and life. Today we have a special guest, the CEO and founder, Danielle Berman. Danielle has dedicated her career to helping athletes understand their full potential, She works to provide athletes with resources and a community to help them succeed in all aspects of their lives. Her focus on the athlete as an individual, rather than a cog in the sports industry machine, has helped her create unique opportunities and impact in the sports space. Danielle has worked primarily with athletes, both current and retired for nearly a decade, and is passionate about helping them achieve their goals outside of the sport. Danielle, Danielle Berman. How are you?
1: Doing great. How are you, Jonathan?
0: Man, I can't complain all is well. Um, I'm definitely happy that I'm able to get you on. I know last time was some technical difficulties, but I believe this time around we have squared everything away because I really want to get what you're doing and not just what you're doing, but who you are out into my network, into the world, right? Because you have a lot of great things that you're doing and um, I definitely want to be able to highlight you on those things
1: well I appreciate you having me and love the platform you're building and what you're about and I think you know it's it's really important the work you're doing so happy to be here
0: yes 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 so I'm just giving you the floor tell us about Tackle What's Next what is that about
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, Tackle What's Next is all about preparing for what is next in life after sports. So our focus is not only in providing resources and opportunities for athletes to really think about, okay, what am I going to do when the ball stops bouncing, so to speak, uh, but also to change the narrative around what that looks like. So a lot of the conversations I'm sure you have and many other folks have is, is your identity can really get wrapped up into the sport you play and being an athlete, it's, it's very singular focus, lots of opportunities to kind of get wrapped up in that world and see your value in that world as, as what you're putting out on the field or on the court. Uh, and what we really try to do is change that narrative around what athlete looks like um, and also the opportunities available to you as an athlete after the game. Um, so things you can do as you're thinking about what's next, things you can do right now as you're still playing. Um, and our goal is really to make it a little less scary, a little less mm. unknown, um, and really start to say, look, people are doing this. This is happening. You can do it too. And here's some ways to get started, people that want to support you, etc. So our main priority is to share resources and really to tell stories, exactly what we're doing right now. Have conversations with current and former athletes that have transitioned out or are doing things outside of their sport, um, just to show people that it's it's possible, but also that it's it's really helpful. And here's how it can benefit you.
0: Mm, yeah, you know, it's it's very interesting because when I decided to lean into being a sports performance therapist, and I started connecting with people like yourself who are helping athletes after you know, the ball drops or, you know, after the game is over, after they can only play the sport, I always ask a question like, okay, um, you know, what is the thing that you believe that athletes need help in most mentally and emotionally? And they're like, man, it's that identity piece. It's that identity piece. What do they do after the sport? And that's a reoccurring thing that I keep hearing over and over and over again. And I'm like, hmm, you know, as a mental health professional that's looking to serve this, these group of people. I'm like, okay, I definitely have to really look into that more. So I want to know, like, since you're saying that, like, what caught your eye to that? What made you realize that, oh, wow, like, athletes have a big issue transitioning into something else, life outside of sports?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I think just throughout my time working in the sports world, I've had a unique relationship with the job I did and how closely I worked with athletes off the field, just off the court. Um, in college, I tutored athletes in the athletic department. I also worked in the communications department. So I was working with athletes on post-game interviews and taking quotes down. And you know, it, it wasn't necessarily a direct, like they were coming to me, but we were working at the same time. And I really saw this whole world of athletics as like, oh my goodness, these people are my age, they're in college, but they have so much more on their plate. This is a job for me. I'm getting paid. I'm getting experience as an internship. This is part of their sports requirement that they're here doing tutoring or that they're here at an interview and staying after the game for an hour to meet with the media, right? Those kinds of things. So I saw that as just like an eye-opening, like, these individuals are putting so much time and effort into this. Uh, But then when I moved into a job where I had the opportunity to work with many pro athletes, I really saw when they were facing this like fall off the cliff moment, they didn't know where to go and they didn't know where to turn. And these were folks that played in the NFL that had all these resources at their disposal, but they just, they didn't know who to talk to. They didn't know if they could talk to anybody about this. They were confused, they were scared. And they were talking to me um, and I thought this can't be, I'm just, you know, I I don't have these resources. I don't know where they should go. And I saw that there was this disconnect between these folks that had really kind of pushed their whole whole life to get to this moment. They hadn't thought of the next step, like what happens after, they just wanted to get there. And that's valid and amazing and so important because it takes a long time to, to get there. But I think at the end of the day, it's just a really big reminder that we need to be supporting athletes. And so when I was thinking about what can I do, I thought, you know, folks just need resources. They need people they can talk to. They need support. Um, and so that's really what kind of sparked my interest in the space and why I thought it was so important because I was seeing this firsthand from folks I was working with and they were asking me what what should they do? what what Who should they talk to? And I thought there's no way that we can't bring a platform together that helps folks share their stories but also just provides resources around some of these things because it's it's you know these are very driven and motivated people and if you give them the tools and expertise and the resources they can accomplish whatever they want it's 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 just a matter of giving them permission and and really empowering them to do so.
0: Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 heavy. You know, the one one thing that you said that stuck out to me the most is that you said, we need to support our athletes. You know, I've never heard that before. And I think it's because when we see athletes and for some of the the attributes that you, you put on them, it's like they can get through anything. They've gone through so much. They're juggling this schedule and that thing and this thing and family life and training and all these different things. So. Now, when they get on the court, they get on the field, whatever sport they play, and they show up, and they perform at their best, it's like the human mind, the eye, just automatically says, wow, these are superhumans. But they need support as well. And it's so great that you can, that one, you are in the position to see that. Like, a lot of times, like people don't realize like when you're in an environment you have to be able to be present enough to see where you can fill in the gaps you have to be present enough to see okay where can I add in this situation like you could have just been somebody oh well I'm just happy to be here I'm doing what I love and I'm you but you it's like you had a you were having a human moment where you saw that wow like athletes need to be supported. And I'm big on energy and things of that nature. So I don't think it's a coincidence that they started coming to you. I don't think that's a coincidence. It's like, this is how it usually happens. You can kind of feel the people that really care, you know, so they start coming to you and start speaking to you. And that that in itself shows a lot about you as a person. And this is why of What's Next is really picking up ground because of that energy. And I, and I say this because I never want you to lose that. I always want you to remember, remember that. Cause you know, as we grow, as we grow, as we grow, we kind of, kind of forget sometimes. Right. But it's amazing that you just being in the midst of all of that, you were able to pinpoint and see like, Oh, wow. Like athletes need support. Like I've never heard that before.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: never heard that before. And that's amazing. It just shows how intentional you were about being in that space. So when, when did, from there, I would say, when did Tapa, what's next? Like, when did it start to birth? Like, when did, when did you say like, okay, I got to move forward with this?
1: Yeah. Great question. And first of all, thank you for saying that it's, it's really kind of you. And I think, you know, it's, it's a testament to folks that are doing this work, like you and I, that we need more people in the space because I can't support everyone. Neither can you. And I think it's just one of those things that I find a lot of, uh support in the space and it's it's by no by no feat of my own it was a lot of people that said yes to supporting and reaching out and connecting me that tackle what's next is where it is today so i'm not um singularly responsible and i'm very aware that i've had a lot of people that have said yes and and given me time given me resources given me connections to get us here but you know, just from, from those experiences in my life, working with athletes, I said, you know, I really want to do something. And it took a while to figure out what that it was, you know, I really wasn't sure. Um, and I was never thinking about being a business owner. That was just ne- this all was not in my, in my plan or just kind of what I thought I would be doing. Um, but I, I love events. I consult with events still to this day. And I work a lot of different events. And I thought in 2019, why don't I put together an event for athletes to come together, former athletes, to talk to executives, to learn more about opportunities outside of the game. And so we put one on in DC, we partnered with the um, local chapter of retired players from the NFLPA, And I had a contact there and he was like, this would be great for our members. Like we could get some local businesses out. And we did, And, and we had a panel at the end of the day that was five or six members of the DC chapter that they came out and they shared their stories. And
2: nice.
1: I think I think the the light bulb went off when it was like they just wanted to talk to each other and they got so much value out of that conversation, just and what transition out of sports was like for them and and what all these things were happening to them. It, they really weren't worried about the job or like the connections with the career folks or the executives. They, they just wanted this conversation with each other, and the light bulbs were going off. Like, I didn't know that you were going through that. And, you know, I, I also had this kind of experience. And yeah, it was really hard. You know, it was just like these, these light bulb moments. And after the event, you know, there was networking and we, we had these connections, but it, these guys were still talking. They were still, they were still like continuing that conversation. They could have gone on for hours. So to me, I was like, that's it. Like, they don't, I mean, again, jobs are great, career opportunities, resources, executives are awesome, and we'll continue to provide those. But the goal was like, let's just have them talk about their experience with each other. And so as we started to build this out, it was like, well, we don't need just career events, we need conversations and podcasts and storytelling and an opportunity for athletes to come together and really say like, I relate to this person, I've been in your shoes, I can help you, mentorship, and so that's really where it kind of came to life, that event sparked another that we did in Super Bowl uh, 2020 in Miami, right before COVID, and we were going to do more events, we were going to do more, we were going to have career angles, we were going to have, you know, all kinds of different stuff, and then obviously the world shut down, and, and we moved digital, and I think, you know, it was a blessing in disguise, because we were really able to create content and podcasts and storytelling one-on-one and really highlight a lot of folks what they were doing, what they were going through, what they were building, um, and, and really focus on what it's like to be an athlete, former or current, and what it is like in their everyday life. Not what is it like to be an athlete and play, but what is it like to start a business as an athlete? What is it like to move on from athletics? What is it like to identify with yourself as something else than an athlete. So we had these big conversations, we're still having them. And I think that's really where it sparked, you know, people wanted to get involved, they wanted to share, they wanted to connect. And again, without some really early buy-in from a lot of folks that, um, you know, have been great supporters of me, Malcolm Lemons, Mobio Kugel, you know, all these amazing people that said yes, right at the beginning, like, here's a friend of mine, here's a teammate of mine, here's a story, um, you know, that's where Tackle What's Next was built on is just folks saying, I'm in. How can I help? I'm in. Who can I connect you to? Where can I share my story? So it's been a, a crazy three-year ride since, but I think that's really the spark. And it, it started just by listening and looking at, you know, okay, what do these athletes actually want? What do they need? And like you said earlier, there's a gap, but it's sometimes in your head, you're like, well, I know what they want. And then when you get there and you're like, actually, I don't think I knew what they wanted. I was close, but I didn't hit the mark, so it was like I had to kind of pivot a little bit. But to your point about like supporting athletes, they just need support systems. And they need groups and and peers to to talk to and really resonate with. So for me, tackle what's next was born because I realized it's not about what can I offer. It's about what can they offer each other, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. you know that's 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 critical because when you think about the athlete, especially, one that is at the highest level, they reach NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever it is, right? You think, it's like for some reason, we think just because people have money, they have everything all together. So you know, true. I don't know what, what, it's like there's this, I don't know, this proverbial barrier or rule. I don't know what it is, but we just automatically assume because somebody's making money, because someone has fame, because someone has a big network that they're fine. But mm-hmm. as, but what I'm hearing you saying is at the core of every single person, everyone wants authentic, genuine connection with people who understand them.
1: A hundred percent. hundred
0: percent. And that's exactly what you created. See, I, I like what you said, because this is exactly what happens. You go into something, you're like, okay, I see the need. They need this. They need resources. They need to know how to. And then when you get into it, you're like, oh, what they really need is connection with each other. What they really need is to know that they're not alone. What they really need to know, hey, this person felt anxious the same way I felt anxious in this situation. That's what they really need. And it's like, you Mm -hmm. see, that is the beautiful thing when you step out on something that is a desire, that's a passion, Where you see there's a need, it's like, it starts to form and it starts to shape in a way where it's like, wow, you never thought it would form and shape into that way, right? So even, even with saying that, where do you see tackle what's next forming into? what What do you see it shaping into? You've you said you've been doing it for three years. So where do mm-hmm. you see that going?
1: Yeah. It, it's been a totally different trajectory than what I expected. But I think to your point, it's it's about building a community. and that's really the focus is like I think for us, it's about how can we continue to share? more intersectionalities of athletics. Um, A big priority for us is having equitable representation in our community. So that means, you know, not just pro NFL, NBA players but also women's uh, pro athletes, also collegiate athletes, uh, women of color, men of color, uh, folks that play in the Paralympics. We really need to get better at uh, kind of diversifying from an an ableist and and disabled athlete perspective. Um, and also just different cultures. And we've partnered with organizations like Vitatman Mon out of Mexico, and they're building a similar platform to us for Mexican athletes that need resources, support and conversations. And so it's, it's. I think for us, we're, we're just at the tip of the iceberg, so to speak. And I think the the goal for us is to build a community that can grow with us, that can expand without us, if that makes sense. I think Absolutely. eventually we'd love to have representation on different college campuses and athletic departments. we'd love to have representation on different teams and pro leagues. And when I say representation, it's just the ability to reach out and tap into those those communities and make sure they have support. make sure there's resources from tackle what's next if they need it. Maybe it's a workshop. maybe it's just resources to give to their their student athlete development professionals to say, hey, here's some conversations you might want to give to your students to listen to, or you might want to just host with your students or with your your pro athletes. So I think for us, that's, there's so many opportunities that we could tap into. But the thing I always harp on is collaboration. We can't do it by ourselves. You know, it's, it's, we're small, we're a small organization that makes us nimble, but at the same time, you know, that means we need help. And so we are pro-collaborators. Um, we, we will collaborate with anyone and anyone that fits our mission and that aligns with what we're doing. Uh, we've worked with organizations that a lot of people would say, well, aren't they competitors to you? Don't they do the same things? And to me, I say, yes, they are. But at the same time, we're partners. Um, They support athletes in similar ways. They have conversations. They share events. And for us, that's awesome because we can use their events as another resource for our community to say, hey, look, there's other communities out there, too, that you can be a part of. And they offer X that we don't. But that's fine. Go. Go get involved. Um, One example is Athlete Soul. They're a great partner of ours and a former Olympian, Miriam Glez founded that amazing organization, they offer free transition career coaching. We don't do that. And for us, that's an amazing resource to share. They have a lot of membership opportunities for those that are a nonprofit. So they, they go out and they bring in funding for their coaching services. And so we support them a lot um, in terms of helping them fundraise, pushing people towards their events, things like that. So for us, it's, it's about being able to Fill in the gaps, but also connect everybody together in this space, because I do feel like there's so many different organizations, so many different ways to turn that we really want to be a connector of of all the people working in this space to support athletes, whether that's from mental health, identity perspective, or even just education on branding and nil and and all these things that are going on out there we want to be able to say we know people we know who you can talk to and at the same time be able to support these different organizations that have the right mission of at the end of the day we're here to support athletes and make sure they have resources or make sure they have information Um, so that's our goal and i think looking down the road i hope that we can continue to collaborate with all these amazing athletes and organizations and i hope that we just can continue to respond to the needs of our community. You know, I think for me, it's, it's more about what do we need? What do they need? What support do they need? What are we hearing versus, you know, here's our goal and here's how we want to bring in X, Y, Z number of dollars. Right. It's, it's, that's great. And that's important. But I think for us, it's really like we're going to stay in tune with what folks are really resonating with and needing and and try to respond to those, those needs.
0: Mm, that's really good. You know, when you said, yeah, we have competitors, but you know they're also people that we want to collaborate with. I think there's a tension there, right, between collaboration and and competition. I do believe they both have their place, but you know, competition sure. is good because it's like it makes you better,
2: mm-hmm. as a, you
0: know, iron sharpens iron type of thing. But I think in in the midst of competing and trying to grow and trying to be better, we miss the fact that hey, we have to collaborate to actually really move forward. And that's one thing that I'm hearing from you. And I don't know if you notice it, but I'm going to tell you this. It shows how you're really about the mission. You're really about the mission of tackle what's next instead of the, the praise of it, right? Because a lot of times we don't realize it, right? Where we have these motives, And sometimes our motives are good. Sometimes they're not the best. And, but depending on what your motives are, will show in the long run, it will Mm -hmm. see in your trajectory in where you, when you get to the quote unquote end and what you're saying right now, it just shows that, man, I'm really about the athletes. Yeah. Yeah. We want to make money. Yeah. We want (laughs) to grow. Yeah. We want to compete. But at the end of the day, like the collaboration is really what's going to push this mission forward. That's one. Number two, yeah. number two, when you say, you know, you want to be able to make this a big thing, you want to make it here and you want to put it there and you want to, you want to um, connect with all type of athletes, not just males, but women of color. And, you know, all these and it's like, wow, your vision is big, right? Your vision yes. is big and that's how it needs to be. However, I want to throw a monkey wrench in there. I want to throw a monkey wrench in there. I want to throw you off your game a little bit. Yeah, hey, I'm ready. <laughs> right? So, when you have I know when you have a big goal, when you have a big mission, when you have a big vision, there are going to be big problems and challenges. Right? So, tell the people because a lot of times when people hear these type of podcasts, he's like, "Oh, wow, like she's doing so great and wow, he's doing this and wow, they're moving forward." And they people just automatically think that it's all roses. Mm. People forget that roses have thorns too, <laughs> right? So tell us like, what are, what's your big vision? What's your big mission? What are some challenges that you have faced along the way and how have you been able to to get over them?
1: Oof, I I love the question because I do feel like we focus on these like success stories so much. And it's like, oh, success, it's all good. Everything got worked out. We're still going through major challenges as an organization. I mean, three years is nothing in the blink of an eye in terms of building a community and a business. And yeah. I think, first of all, the biggest challenge we had early on is like, what? Why do you exist? Like, what is the purpose? Like, wh- why do athletes need this? Um, I would hate to say it, but COVID really showed a lot of people why we exist, and the fact that sports disappeared and a lot of athletes were lost. Really, we had to. We we shifted from educating people of like why we do what we do to just saying here's what we offer and here's what we're doing and here's how you can get involved. Again, it's a horrible, horrible time. And I think for us, it was very um, as as it was for everyone upending, but I think at the same time it did kind of give us a a case, a proof case to say sports isn't everything. This is not your life, right? What else are you going to do? But I think the challenges for us is, and I'm sure you see this in, in your work, There's no ROI that I can give you that says, here's how sharing your story and being involved and doing all these things to benefit you down the road is going to help you. There's no quick fix. There's no three-step process. And that is really hard, especially for athletes to understand, because their world is numbers. Their world is game plans. Their world is like step processes. And this is not a step process. This is a lifelong mindset shift that we are trying to instill. And that's a huge challenge for us because not only is it hard for us to convince athletes why they should engage with us, it's also hard to convince administrators and teams and organizations, why should they bring us in to talk to these athletes? How? What is the benefit for us? What is the benefit for these athletes? And sometimes I hate to say it, but in sports, we're so ROI driven, it's hard. The moral imperative is not always the enough answer to say this is so beneficial for mental health and wellness, and this is just going to help them as people is not always a good answer that doesn't always give you the yes. And so that's a huge challenge. It's going to be a challenge forever. I think unless somehow we can find some data, which I'm sure is out there, which I'm sure is being created to show how these mental health and identity pieces affect performance and affect team play and chemistry and ultimately win-loss records, right? And maybe just longevity of careers, you know, all of those things. I guarantee someone's someone's thought of this and is working on data, but that's years in the making. But it's a huge challenge. And, and again, I, I want to be upfront with people that I have work outside of Tackle What's Next that keeps me paying my bills because this is not necessarily a profitable endeavor at this point, we're mission driven. We're not focused on how can we bring in XYZ dollars of revenue and the reason we can do that is because I have external work that I can say, this doesn't fit the tackle its next mission as great as it would be to take this cash. This is not what we're about and this is not a project we're gonna dive into. It it has to be done. And so I think it's a great question because so many people see the the, the beauty and the fun and the excitement and the growth. And they say, that's amazing, like they've done it. And in my mind, yes, we have come so far in three years, but there's a lot, of, a lot of steps we're still gonna have to go through. And I think that goes back to what you were just talking about, about you know, this is, we're, I'm in it for the long haul and I, I will be doing this forever, whether it's in a full-time capacity, as a part-time opportunity, as a volunteer project, this will be a part of my life regardless. Um, and so I think that's the big challenge for us is is monetizing this, getting investment in it, right? Buy-in, um, that's hard. It's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs, but specifically in, in our world, there's no numbers. There's no points of proof that I could say, if you do this, you're gonna get a million dollars of investment over the next 10 years. I can't tell you that. and And I can't even give you a, a short-term fix. I'm just gonna say this is important and folks that have invested their time in this stuff see the benefits in the long run so it's a huge challenge and I'll stop rambling now but I think that's just the big the big challenges that we have as an organization
0: we're highlighting you you ramble on you ramble (laughs) rambling
1: okay (laughs) (laughs) all right sounds good but yeah that's that's where we're at
0: man you see I asked you that purposely strategically right because I want people to understand that when you're taking upon an endeavor like this, your heart has to really be into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, one, like, man, <laughs> I promise you, we're like experiencing the same things. Because, one, <laughs> people are not going to readily see that, wow, this is important. Like, this piece here, keeping this person stable mentally and emotionally, putting this person in a place where they actually really know themselves. Mm-hmm. And they know their 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 fears, they know their ups and their downs is going to help them perform better on the onset. most people when you're talking about that ROI, when you're talking about uh performing and showing at your best, most people will not see that. Mm-hmm. see there's a difference between eyesight and insight. Most people are going to see the eyesight is the surface It's like, oh, yeah. How does that go towards winning? How mm-hmm. does that go towards making money? But the person or the people with the insight, people with the vision like yourself, see that hmm, this identity piece, this, have, this, this piece of having resource and having a community of other athletes to share things with, this is monumental and this is foundational. Not everybody's going to see that and to see the challenges to move forward with that, move forward, keep moving forward with it when no one else is seeing. Because at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening is we don't know when it happens, but it's later down the line. People are like, oh, wow, like, man, tackle what's next. Oh, Danielle. Oh, man, it's usually later down the line, right? So how do you keep yourself going? You know, it's been three years. And listen, don't scoff on those three years now. And you had to go through a pandemic too? Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah. Right? It's so, true. Like, how do you keep yourself going? Mm-hmm. How do you keep yourself going?
1: Yeah, it, you brought up one great way is to not forget where you started, right? And I think for a lot of us, it's hard when you're in the in the trenches, so to speak, to, to look back and be like, wow, like, look how far I've come because you're still in it and you're still dealing with the challenges and you're still trying to get, X to Y and all of these things, but it is so important to look back and be like, oh my goodness, like, look where we were. Look what we did this year. Look what we did last year. Look what we've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think the big thing is to surround yourself with the right people. Um, one of the best things I've ever done is partner with organizations in similar spaces and individuals that can give me real talk in a good and a bad way right and i think that's really important these organizations we're collaborating with are in similar spaces as us some of them are more successful in terms of traction and revenue and all these things and i learn from them and i also learn from their challenges and the things that didn't go well from them and i think it's so helpful to have conversations where i could be like we are really struggling with this have you had any success what's going on there or to be like we got to cut this this isn't working and to get support or just understanding it's just like we were talking about with the athletes like having a group of peers founders people building things that you can talk to and be like ooh this week was bad i just need to talk and vent it's so important and i think it's so engaging for you because when you hear what someone else is doing and and you can add value if it's a connection or just support to them it builds you up too you know and and i think at the same time it's, it's about one, celebrating how far you've come. And then two, having a community of people around you that are willing to help you, but also just to be real with you and be like, yep, that was bad. <laughs> or like, <laughs> hey, this wasn't great, but guess what? We have another opportunity or like here's a contact that might wanna go forward with this. So I really do feel like that's how, what motivates me to keep going. And then I think at the same time, it, it's about, reflecting on the people that you're helping Um, you know it's it's for me the motivation isn't to see myself be successful it's not why we're doing this Mm -hmm. I think it's also going back and looking at testimonials from events we've done right people that have said thank you for putting this together because xyz Um, you know thank you for sharing these resources it's really helpful Or hearing from speakers like, hey, a bunch of people that attended your event reached out to me and we've had some calls and it's been really awesome to talk to them and mentor them or work with them. And seeing those relationships, partners that we've collaborated with that after our event are now working together in a new way, that to me is also a way that I can say like, we're making a difference. It might not be because we're bringing in money. It's because we're seeing these people connect in real life and build relationships and support each other or support others. And so that's another way that you know kind of keeps me going is just knowing and seeing, even if it's a, an Instagram comment, right? Like that's helpful and keeps us going. Um, just people saying, thank you for what you do or thank you for this resource. So it's a number of things, but I think for people listening, like people matter. People are so important and you, you shouldn't do this by yourself even if you're a solopreneur or you're working in a space where you feel like you're kind of one of one. Um, find people that are similar to you and and connect with them and just resonate with them and and feel free to be yourself with them and talk about the real stuff, because chances are they also have had some tough times that they can share with you and just resonate with you. And I think it's it's really helpful.
2: Wow.
0: Wow. That's 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 heavy. So the very the, the very thing you're doing for athletes right, giving them connection, you're saying that's the very same thing that helps you along the way connecting with others collaborating having a team that is that is good stuff yeah Yeah. what they say you're eating your own dog food then
1: exactly yeah I mean it's it's one of those things too that I feel like if we weren't doing that if I wasn't doing that I wouldn't feel so confident that it would be helpful for for athletes in their own community to do this you know I've seen the effects myself in a different way in a different community and in a different kind of level of of of, uh, of work but it's you know, I think everybody needs a community, athlete or not. We all need communities where you, like you said earlier, people understand you and they innately understand what you're going through because they've gone through it or they know a family member or a friend that's gone through it and they can actually resonate with what you're saying and not just say that must be hard. You know, it's, it's, oh yeah, I know exactly how you're feeling. And it's, it's really important. And so it's, it's not just, this isn't unique. This isn't rocket science. This is, human connection and understanding is so powerful. And I think if, if I wasn't doing that and connecting and and building my own community for me, I wouldn't necessarily feel so motivated to continue to do it for others as well.
0: Yeah. And that makes sense because you see the benefit of it for yourself. And that's one thing that I realized that even if let's say you've, you've never been a teacher, but you help teachers or you've never been an athlete you help athletes or whatever it is. There are always these principles that are transferable. Like empathy will always be transferable. Like to be able to sit down with someone and actually feel as if, man, they really understand what I'm going through, regardless if they've been in your shoes or not, regardless if they've been in your place or not, to feel that is like, that's just i think that's just the height of humanity right yeah. because we all long for this type of of connection and i strongly believe that when you when you have someone or you have people to truly understand you it gives you a sense of comfort a sense of peace and as a result it builds up your what do you call that your intangibles as well like mm-hmm. Can be able to move forward, you can fight through certain things because now you know, hey, there's somebody else here that's fighting through the same thing, like they're they're totally. doing something too, right? Mm-hmm. So I know you're trying to help athletes transition out of their sport to to the next phase of their life, right? What is that piece? I mentioned intangibles. What is yeah. that piece that like they' they're not seeing when it comes to their intangibles that they can transfer the intangibles that they use in the sport to the next phase of life. Where's that disconnect there?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is all about mindset. It's it's to me, the pressure that athletes face every day is so unique and it's a training ground for just life in general. And they say sport is a metaphor for life and it really is, right? Like it is. you have practice, you have games, you have fourth quarter and first quarter and you know, like the, the ups and downs and you know, like a two minute drill, like you could take any sport and put all these metaphors in for life. But I think that the disconnect for athletes is that singular focus and singular track mind of this is me, this is who I am, this is what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's true. You are really good at it. But at the same time, we've encouraged athletes to shave off the rest of themselves, to focus only on sport, to get rid of just dist- distractions, whether they are or not, and to really focus on being the best, most competitive, most successful exposition at X sport they could be. And while that's great and I understand the pressure, somebody's right behind you, ready to take your spot, right? It's, it's, it's not a, you know, flowery, exciting, you know, kind of calm profession. At the same time, we're also teaching these individuals to value themselves based on output, based on performance, based on what they do, not who they are. And in fact, we're not even telling them or allowing them to fully embrace who they are. We're saying, you're this, don't worry about that. That can come later when you're retired. This is what you focus on. You eat, sleep, breathe this. And that's not healthy for anyone, athlete or not. It's, it's again, the only profession I would say, maybe there's a couple others like the military and things like that, where we say, forget about who you are, focus on this skill that you have and do this and only this and everything in your life should focus on making you do this better like again it's wild we would never tell a lawyer don't go home don't focus on your family stay here write briefs and make sure everything in your life is about writing the best brief that person would be burnt out in three days i mean it's just it's impossible and I think we've, we're learning as a society. I think, it, it. of course, we are very work-centric as an American society. Our first question we ask people is like, oh, what do you do? Like, that's our first social question. So it's 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 not just in the sports world. It's everywhere. But I think we've slowly started to realize, like, we're burnt out. We're stressed. We're not taking enough time off. We're not embracing other areas of ourselves. And I think the world is starting to realize, the American corporate world is starting to realize, like, we need outlets. We need people to embrace their their intersectionalities and their identities that are not just their job and i don't think sports has gotten that hint yet because it's every time we talk to athletes it's well i don't have any experience i've never done that before i've never done this and the answer is like yes you have it's just been through your sport so yes you have had a leadership position you were a captain or you led your position uh, you know at this at this sport Um, Yes, I have been in high pressure situations because I've played in tournaments or I've played in the NCAA championships or I've played in the Super Bowl. These are high pressure situations. Every game is high pressure, right? At the same time, you're coachable. You have leadership skills and communication skills. You can work together as a team. It's about the mindset shift that says, I have all of these intangible skills that it's hard to teach. I I can't just show up at a job and say, I'm going to teach you how to be a leader. I just can't do it. If I'm an employer, I'm going, this person has all the skills that I need. I can teach them how to do the job. That stuff is easy. I can say, here's the job, here's the goal, here's how we want you to do it. Take your skills from sport and apply it here. And I think a lot of athletes don't realize how valuable their sports experience is, but also the importance that your sports experience when you retire doesn't leave you. It's not a waste of time. It's not, well, that was a failure if I didn't go pro or I didn't do this. No, it was an amazing skill set development program, an amazing opportunity for you. And now you can take all that good stuff that you worked so hard at and translate it into something else that's exciting and fun and new again. It takes mm-hmm. time to figure out what that is. It's not easy. I'm not saying it's like all rainbows and butterflies. But it should be an innately positive thing that you've played a sport and and taking those skills forward is something every athlete can do if he or she knows what they want to do and has that internal conversation with themselves, like you're saying. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it's that mindset shift of I'm not just an athlete. My value is not just what I put out there on the field or on the court. If I have a bad day in my sport, that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. That doesn't mean I don't have value. We're not having those conversations enough yet. Again, there's so many student athletes committing suicide because they don't feel like they, have a value outside of their sport, or they're so overwhelmed with everything they have going on, they don't think they can handle it. And it's it's horrible. And I think, as people supporting athletes, we need to be instilling in them that this is not important in terms of life or death situations. This is a job, this is a job like every other job. And if you don't like it, it's okay to say, I'm not feeling right about this right now, or I'm overwhelmed, I need to take a step back. It's easier said than done, right? But I think at the end of the day, it's a huge mindset shift that we need to be talking to younger athletes as they mm. come up in the sport to to make sure they have that right mindset when they get into these high pressure situations that they're they're comfortable with themselves regardless of what happens on the field or on the court. It's it's a long term change, but that's where I see the disconnect. I mean, there's so much value in being an athlete, and we're really taking a lot of the characteristics of who each person is individually and telling them to throw that out and that's a huge problem
2: man (laughs)
0: you 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 said a mouthful there (laughs) like i'm just sitting here i'm like wow my mind is just going as you're talking i'm just thinking of different things and one thing that you said you said um the way that the athlete thinks like this is who i am this is what i do and i'm like no this is not who you are it's part of who you are exactly Yeah, and what you do should never define you because what you do can change so many different times in your lifetime, right? Which it will, because once you yeah. retire, you can't do that thing anymore. And it brings me to an activity that I would do with my clients. I would sit down with them and I would say, okay, with starting with the words, I am filling the blank 10 times. So I am blunt. I am, I am, right? So they'll say, I am an athlete. I am a father. I am a son. So, and I notice that literally, most of the time, eight out of the ten times, they will always put down a role. Mm. And now, with it, so I am a father. That's a role. I am an athlete. That is a role. I am a son. I am a daughter. Those are roles. Right. Those are not. Those are not things. That's not who you are. So when I say that to them, they're like. They're stunned. They don't understand. They don't get it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so as we start talking about this of like, tell me, what did you go through growing up? Oh, you know, I had a rough upbringing and you know, my father wasn't there. And they started telling me this story. I said, Oh, okay. So what you really need to say is I am resilient. That's who you are because you can carry that in any given situation. And that's ex- essentially what you're saying and what you're doing with tap of what's next. You're telling them like, Hey, these skills that you developed as an athlete you can carry these skills in any phase of your lifetime really? it doesn't just stop with being an athlete but i think the awareness and i see that's something that you're doing you're bringing awareness to the fact that hey you are more than an athlete you're more than this you are way more than this being an athlete it just gave you the platform to develop the intangibles.
2: Mm-hmm. Once that platform
0: is gone, you still have those intangibles. Now, on to the next platform.
1: Yeah. I love that exercise too, because... Please take we... it.
0: Take it and use it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but no, I think it's so important. And I think we we're, we're, it's hard to think of things. Like I find that when we talk about this kind of stuff, I always say, like, without telling me that you're an athlete, because I already know that, who are you? And, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's like you said, everybody puts like what they do. Okay, I'm I'm in this, but I would love to see someone. And I think we're gonna get there one day. I know we are put like, I'm a leader. Mm -hmm. I'm a team player. I'm a, I'm a, you know, like you said, resilient. I'm family oriented. I'm a, I'm responsible. Like those kinds of things to define who they are. And they have all these skills from sports. So instead of saying I'm an athlete, no, no. Say I'm a leader. I'm a I'm a team player. I'm coachable. I'm X. I'm X. That's who you are. This is this is what sport has given you, and that doesn't, like you said, change with the platform. I love that the platform might go away, but these skills stay. And I always say, like the vehicle may change, but the destination's the same, right? So I think the the idea is things change fast all the time for all of us, no matter what we do, and so if we can really embrace who we are and be comfortable with who we are and all the variations of who we are. I think that's the goal. And it's, it's not a like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm comfortable. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm here. You are working on that every day, the rest of your life, just like the rest of us are. And I think that is hard for people to grasp too. They want to know when will they be there? When will they be at the end? It's like, well, (laughs) there's no end. You're always going to have to be improving and working and building on yourself. And I think that's another piece that we find is, is challenging. Is everyone wants to get to the end? They want to be done transitioning. They want to be mm-hmm. done figuring out who they are. They want to be there, and it's there's no end. There's no it. There's not like a, okay. Once you can do this, you're good. You're you're off the hook. Like it's it's constant, and I think that's hard to embrace. So it's I love what you said with that with that exercise because I bet you could do that with your clients seventeen times, and you get seventeen different answers. Like it's just they are constantly changing and that's okay too. And I think that's the thing is people are like, well, I can't do this because it's not who I am. Well, if you're interested in it, explore it and maybe it will become part of who you are. So I think it's, it's something that people just feel like, oh, I don't know who I am and I need to figure that out. It's like, well, you don't need to figure it all out today. Like, let's just start with like what you know now and your story. And then five years from now, you're probably going to add a lot more to to that list but that's then take your time so i think it's it people try to rush it and you can't it's it's long it's long term it's a long term you know help self-development it's all of us are doing it
0: <laughs> uh, it's hard truths there hard truths hard totally. truth. but it is definitely true that's definitely something that many of us need to get into into our minds yes 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 self to tell people self-development doesn't end until you're gone
1: Exactly, exactly. (laughs) It's like the end is the end of everything. So it's, it's, you know, don't don't rush to the end because then you're gonna be like, oh, I wasn't enjoying, or I missed out, or I didn't do Mm -hmm. this because I was constantly on the end. So it's it's hard. It's so hard. It's all of us need to be doing this. And I always say like, tackle what's next is is translatable to any group of people. Like it's not just about athletes. This isn't a unique thing that's just for athletes. The way we talk about it is but I think for everyone, like we all need to stop defining ourselves as our jobs or really putting each other in boxes or trying to say, okay, I'm this because I do this. It's like, it's not healthy for any of us, but I think athletes are in this weird kind of supersized environment of like the, the microscopes on you and you, if you don't do well, it's a reflection on who you are. You don't perform well. It's a reflection on your value Um, more than other professions. I think it's just you know, one of those things. So I, I, I always like to say, like, anyone can get value out of the stuff we're talking about, because it's about human nature. <laughs> like It's just about growing as an individual. But athletes need this support ASAP, you know, as early as possible, because they are under that microscope. And it, it does come fast. And when they're young, when they're still figuring everything out, they need to be perfect and you know, figure all this out on the fly while they're also trying to grow up and just figure out everything that they are, which is a lifelong process. So it's, it's tough. It's really tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Man, Danielle, we could, we could talk forever. We could (laughs) talk forever. We could talk because
1: we could, and we should, you know,
0: every time you say something, I just have so many other things that I want (laughs) to add to it's like everything you're saying is just so spot on and so true and that's what some people tell me like oh man you know you're doing sports and performance your podcast is so good but man this could be for anybody i said yeah because it's something that you said in the beginning right it's like sports can teach you about life mm-hmm. you know what one, one of my my friends and i you know from when we were young uh i would always say this thing like you know people play ball the way they live life mm-hmm. Just look at somebody how they play a sport. You can tell who they are as a person, right? You can tell certain things that they're struggling with. You can tell, like it's just it's just a microcosm of life in general, right? Man, and it it is like it's just so amazing how we can take something as a sport and then you can see, oh man, this person is struggling here. Okay, they need help here, or they need help there, okay. Man, they need some mindset. Where it's like is the way that sports just not just bridges the gap between people but it just shows us like wow sports can show you that man everybody's human
2: Mm -hmm.
0: everyone's going through something everyone's dealing with something like the situation with John Moran I know everybody's piling on him right now but this is common stuff he's a 23 year old young man (laughs) like
1: people forget like athletes are human and and to be honest it's it's you know again you have to take accountability for your actions and I think he's doing that and I don't think he's. You know it's kind of saying whatever you know yeah. i'm gonna do me but i think at the same time we have to remember that these are human beings and and yes. they are here to entertain us as their job that doesn't mean that as that's their, their job. right that's their job it's not who they are and why they're here on the earth and i think that it's people forget and they go oh well you know john morant's doing this and doing that He's probably struggling with something that we just don't know about and let's give him some space and time to come to terms with what he needs figure out who he is. Is this something that he can deal with while he's playing does he need to take more time. And I think he's in a position where he will be able to do that I hope from just his standing as a as a pro player and the the talent that he has. Not a lot of athletes are given that shot to say I'm going to step away and I'm going to come back when I'm ready the spot's gone. And so I think we we also have to Very give true. athletes the permission to step away if they need to. And it's easier said than done. But I think the John Morant situation is a great example of what can happen if we aren't giving athletes support and giving them the space to work through some of the things that maybe they're going through that basketball could be a coping mechanism for. And he's just having a tough go. I mean, I think there's so many athletes we've talked to that struggle with their mental health when they leave sports, because sport was their escape from life. That It was their kind of escape from the problems and challenges going on in their mind or in their community or in their family. And it's, it's not uncommon to see that. And so again, he's 23. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt that he's going through something and he can get better and and get himself back on track. But at the same time, it's, it's hard, I think, for people to understand, well, I can't bring this, you know, if I did this, I'd be fired. Yeah, you probably would. But at the same time, like, nobody would be paying attention. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's totally different. And I see that as a, as another thing too, is like, if you had done that, who would have learned of it? And who would have posted it on social media? And who would have, you know, it's all these things. So I think there's just, again, this hyper sensitivity to athletes that, they need to be aware of and need to take accountability for their actions. But at the same time, we should be giving them the support they need and not just quick to judge and saying, oh, well, he's a bad person now, write him off. Right. And I, that's a bigger societal issue. I know we could dive into that for probably days. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a great example. And I, I mean, I just point to, and I know we're, we're running close to time here. I don't want to take over your your uh, your end questions here. But, you know, the Calvin Ridley article that came out in the Players' Tribune where he you know talked about his gambling and and how he made that decision in a really bad life place for him and he is taking accountability for it but also talking about how he went out to seek help and got a therapist because his family had had these horribly traumatic situations and he was in a really bad spot he was you know he just explains himself and when you see what's been going on in his life you're like well is this really like this isn't a defining thing he made a mistake he did something wrong he's He's taken the punishment. He's been out of the league for a year. But I think there's these these great and powerful stories that I'm so glad athletes feel more comfortable sharing because there are more Calvin Ridley's and John Moran's out there that are going to see this and say, I'm not by myself. Maybe I do need to get some help. Maybe I do need to take some time. And again, it's easier said than done, but I think the stigma is still there of like, I have to be a hundred percent fine all the time and I can't show weakness. And I hope that these stories and, you know, again, let's hope that both of them get the help that they need and they can come back and be you know able to enjoy their careers. But it's, it's again, the power story and the power of just sharing and speaking up about what's going on in your life. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens with John Morant after he goes through some of the, the internal work he's doing and, and what comes up and what he's willing to share with us. You know, if we're lucky enough that he's able and comfortable sharing, I think a lot of people will gain some value from what he's been going through. To be honest, I think it's important that we share this kind of stuff because he's not alone. He's not alone in what he's going through and neither is, is Calvin Ridley or anyone. You know, there's, I think, power in sharing that story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. 100%. And this is why they need people like you. (laughs) This is why we need. And
1: like you. And like you.
0: Yeah. We need these organizations that can do that work behind the scenes to help these athletes. Right. Because it's not like we said, we beating a dead horse. It's not just you playing a sport. It's not you're not just an athlete. You have so many other things in your life that you have to take account for, like your thoughts and your mm. emotions and your actions and all these different things that can be very overwhelming and a lot of times we need that support and we need someone to help us guide us through these things totally. and that's that's a loss especially now with all of, you know everything is kind of like digital online that's kind of like a lot it's becoming a lost thing but going back the human connection is very 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 important so like i said we can go on forever <laughs> we can for sure but i definitely want you to tell the people where they can find you where can they connect with you if they want your services and your resources
1: yeah well thank you again for the opportunity to share an hour of your time I always love chatting and love the work you're doing so um, thank you for these conversations. They're, they're so important. Like we were just saying, I think it's it's all about continuing that connection and just sharing. Um, but tackle is our website. Um, we have events, resources, blog posts, stories of athletes we're sharing all the time links to our podcasts where we share. It's all there. You can follow us on social media at tacklewhat'snext. what's next pretty much on every channel. Um, we're there. And you know, again, if you want to reach out to us, you can email us at uh, info at tackle what's next you can email me danielle at tackle what's next like we're here we want to support even if it's just a direct use of some of our collaborating organizations that have some services you can use but welcome anyone reaching out to to learn more or to to you know connect and collaborate
0: awesome great 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 this is good stuff danielle thank you so much i definitely appreciate you and the work that you and your team are doing you know you always have my support. And let's keep moving this thing forward.
1: Yeah, you said it. Thanks again. And I look forward to many more conversations just like this.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today. And if this episode inspired you in any way, please subscribe and share it to as many athletes, coaches, and performers as possible. And this concludes today's episode. But before we go, remember... The man that says he can and the man that says he can't are both right. Which one are
2: you? Have a good one, and I'll see you next time.